0: Chapters twenty three through twenty eight, Book Eight, Volume One of Le Morte d'Artour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Vin Riley. Le Morte d'Artur, Volume One by Sir Thomas Malory. Book Eight, Chapters Twenty Three through Twenty Eight. Chapter Twenty Three. Then, when Sir Blamore might speak, he said thus, Sir Tristram de Leonis, I require thee, as thou art a noble knight, and the best knight that ever I found, that thou wilt slay me out, for I would not live to be made lord of all the earth, for I have liefer die with worship than live with shame, and need, Sir Tristram, thou must slay me, or else thou shalt never win the field, for I will never say the loath word and therefore if thou dare slay me, slay me, I require thee. When Sir Tristram heard him say so knightly, he wist not what to do with him, he remembering him of both parties, of what blood he was come, and for Sir Launcelot's sake he would be loath to slay him, and in the other party in no wise he might not choose, but that he must make him to say the loath word, or else to slay him. Then Sir Tristram stirred her back, and went to the kings that were judges, and there he kneeled down tofore them, and besought them, for their worships, and for King Arthur's and Sir Launcelot's sake, that they would take this matter in their hands. For my fair lord, said Sir Tristram, it were shame and pity that this noble knight that yonder lieth should be slain, for ye hear well, shamed he will not be, and I pray to God that he never be slain nor shamed for me. AND AS FOR THE KING FOR WHOM I FIGHT FOR, I SHALL REQUIRE HIM, AS I AM HIS TRUE CHAMPION AND TRUE KNIGHT IN THIS FIELD, THAT HE WILL HAVE MERCY UPON THIS GOOD KNIGHT. SO GOD ME HELP, SAID KING ANGUISH, I WILL, FOR YOUR SAKE, SIR Tristram, BE RULED AS YOU WILL HAVE ME, FOR I KNOW YOU FOR MY TRUE KNIGHT, AND THEREFORE I WILL HEARTILY PRAY THE KINGS THAT BE HERE AS JUDGES TO TAKE IT IN THEIR HANDS. AND THE KINGS THAT WERE JUDGES CALLED SIR BLEOBERIS TO THEM and asked him his advice. "'My lord,' said Bleoberus, "'though my brother be beaten, and hath the worse through might of arms, I dare say, though Sir Tristram hath beaten his body, he hath not beaten his heart. And I thank God he is not shamed this day. And rather than he should be shamed, I require you,' said Sir Bleoberus, "'let Sir Tristram slay him out.' "'It shall not be so,' said the kings.' for his part adversary, both the king and the champion, have pity of Sir Blamore's knighthood. My lord, said Bleoberis, I will WRITE well as ye will. Then the kings called the king of Ireland, and found him goodly and treatable. And then by all their advices Sir Tristram and Sir Bleoberis took up Sir Blamore, and the two brethren were accorded with King Anguish, and kissed and made friends for ever. And then Sir Blamore and Sir Tristram kissed together, and there they made their oaths that they would never none of them two brethren fight with Sir Tristram, and Sir Tristram made the same oath. And for that gentle battle all the blood of Sir Launcelot loved Sir Tristram for ever. Then King Anguish and Sir Tristram took their leave, and sailed into Ireland with great noblesse and joy. So when they were in Ireland, the king let make it known throughout all the land how and in what manner Sir Tristram had done for him. Then the queen and all that there were made the most of him that they might. But the joy that La Belle Isoude made of Sir Tristram there might no tongue tell, for of all men earthly she loved him most. End of chapter 23 CHAPTER Twenty Four then upon a day king anguish asked sir tristram why he asked not his boon for whatsoever he had promised him he should have it without fail sir said sir tristram now is it time this is all that i will desire that you will give me la belle isoud your daughter not for myself but for mine uncle king mark that shall have her to wife for so have i promised him alas said the king I had liefer than all the land that I have, ye would wed her yourself. Sir, and I did, then I were shamed for ever in this world, and false of my promise. Therefore, said Sir Tristram, I pray you hold your promise that ye promised me, for this is my desire, that ye will give me la belle isoud to go with me into Cornwall, for to be wedded to King Mark, mine uncle. "'As for that,' said King Anguish, "'ye shall have her with you, to do with her what it please you.' that is, for to say that if ye list to wed her yourself, that is me leifest, and if ye will give her unto King Mark your uncle, that is, in your choice. So to make short conclusion, La Belle Isoud was made ready to go with Sir Tristram, and Dame Bragwaine went with her for her chief gentlewoman, with many other. Then the Queen, Isoud's mother, gave to her and Dame Bragwaine, her daughter's gentlewoman, and unto Governail, a drink, and charged them that what day King Mark should wed, that same day they should give him that drink, so that King Mark should drink to La Belle Soud, and then, said the Queen, I undertake either shall love other the days of their life. So this drink was given unto Dame Bragwaine, and unto Governail. And then anon, Sir Tristram took the sea, and La Belle Soud and when they were in their cabin it hapt so that they were thirsty and they saw a little flasket of gold stand by them and it seemed by the colour and the taste that it was noble wine then sir tristram took the flasket in his hand and said madame isoud here is the best drink that ever ye drank that dame bragwaine your maiden and gouvernail my servant have kept for themselves then they laughed and made good cheer and either drank to other freely and they thought never drink that ever they drank to other was so sweet nor so good. But by that their drink was in their bodies, they loved either other so well that never their love departed, for weal neither for woe. And thus it hapt, the love first betwixt Sir Tristram and La Belle Isoud, the which love never departed the days of their life. So then they sailed, till by fortune they came nigh a castle that hight Plure, and thereby arrived for to repose them, weaning to them to have had good harbourage. But anon, as Sir Tristram was within the castle, they were taken prisoners. For the custom of the castle was such, who that rode by that castle, and brought any lady, he must needs fight with the lord, that hight Brunor. And if it were so that Brunor won the field, then should the knight stranger and his lady be put to death, what that ever they were. And if it were so that the strange knight won the field of Sir Brunor, then should he die and his lady both this custom was used many winters for it was called the castle pleur that is to say the weeping castle end of chapter twenty four chapter twenty five thus as sir tristram and la belle isoud were in prison it hapt a knight and a lady came unto them where they were to cheer them i have marvel said tristram unto the knight and the lady What is the cause the lord of this castle holdeth us in prison? It was never the custom of no place of worship that ever I came in, when a knight and a lady asked harbour, and they to receive them, and after to destroy them that be his guests. Sir, said the knight, this is the old custom of this castle, that when a knight cometh here he must needs fight with our lord, and he that is weaker must lose his head. And when that is done, If his lady that he bringeth be fouler than our lord's wife, she must lose her head, and if she be fairer proved than is our lady, then shall the lady of this castle lose her head. So got me help, said Sir Tristram, this is a foul custom and a shameful. But one advantage have I, said Sir Tristram, I have a lady as fair enough, fairer so I never in all my life days, and I doubt not, for lack of beauty, she shall not lose her head and rather than I should lose my head, I will fight for it on a fair field. Wherefore, sir knight, I pray you tell your lord that I will be ready as to mourn with my lady, and myself to do battle, if it be so I may have my horse and mine armour. Sir, said that knight, I undertake that your desire shall be sped right well. And then he said, Take your rest, and look that ye be up betimes, and make you ready and your lady, for ye shall want no thing that you behoveth and therewith he departed, and on the morn betimes that same knight came to Sir Tristram, and fetched him out and his lady, and brought him horse and armour that was his own, and bade him make him ready to the field. For all the estates and commons of that lordship were there, ready to behold that battle and judgment. Then came Sir Brunor, the lord of that castle, with his lady in his hand, muffled, and asked Sir Tristram where was his lady, "'For an thy lady be fairer than mine, "'with thy sword smite off my lady's head, "'and if my lady be fairer than thine, "'with my sword I must strike off her head. "'And if I may win thee, yet shall thy lady be mine, "'and thou shalt lose thy head.' "'Sir,' said Tristram, "'this is a foul custom and horrible, "'and rather than my lady should lose her head, "'yet had I liefer her lose my head.' "'Nay, nay,' said Sir Brunor, the ladies shall be first showed together, and the one shall have her judgment. Nay, I will not so, said Sir Tristram, for here is none that will give righteous judgment. But I doubt not, said Sir Tristram, my lady is fairer than thine, and that will I prove and make good with my hand, and whomsoever he be that will say the contrary, I will prove it on his head. And therewith Sir Tristram showed La Belle and turned her thrice about with his naked sword in his hand. And when Sir Brunor saw that, he did the same wise turn his lady. But when Sir Brunor beheld La Belle Isoude, him thought he saw never a fairer lady, and then he dread his lady's head should be off. And so all the people that were there present gave judgment that La Belle Isoude was the fairer lady and the better maid. How now, said Sir Tristram, Meseemeth it were pity that my lady should lose her head, but because thou and she of long time have used this wicked custom, and by you both have many good knights and ladies been destroyed, for that cause it were no loss to destroy you both. So God me help, said Sir Brunor, for to say the sooth, thy lady is fairer than mine, and that me sore repenteth. And so I hear the people privily say, for of all women I saw none so fair, and therefore, and thou wilt slay my lady, I doubt not, but I shall slay thee and have thy lady. Thou shalt win her, said Sir Tristram, as dear as ever knight one lady. And because of thine own judgment, as thou wouldst have done to my lady if that she had been fouler, and because of the evil custom, give me thy lady, said Sir Tristram. And therewithal, Sir Tristram strode unto him and took his lady from him, and with an ox stroke he smote off her head clean. Well, knight," said Sir Brunor, "now hast thou done me a despite. Now take thine horse, sithen I am ladyless, I will win thy lady, and I may." End of Chapter Twenty-five. Chapter Twenty-six. Then they took their horses, and came together as it had been the thunder, and Sir Tristram smote Sir Brunor clean from his horse, and lightly he rose up. And as Sir Tristram came again by him, he thrust his horse throughout both the shoulders, that his horse hurled here and there, and fell dead to the ground. And ever Sir Brunor ran after to have slain Sir Tristram, but Sir Tristram was light and nimble, and voided his horse lightly. And or ever Sir Tristram might dress his shield and his sword, the other gave him three or four sad strokes. Then they rushed together like two boars, tracing and traversing mightily and wisely as two noble knights. For this Sir Bruno was a proved knight, and had been or then the death of many good knights, that it was pity he had so long endured. Thus they fought, hurling here and there nigh two hours, and either were wounded sore. Then at the last Sir Brunor rushed upon Sir Tristram, and took him in his arms, for he trusted much in his strength. Then was Sir Tristram called the strongest and the highest knight of the world, for he was called bigger than Sir Launcelot, but Sir Launcelot was better breathed. So anon Sir Tristram thrust Sir Brunor down grovelling, and then he unlaced his helm, and struck off his head. And then all they that longed to the castle came to him, and did him homage and fealty, praying him that he would abide there still a little while to foredo that foul custom. Sir Tristram granted thereto. The meanwhile, one of the knights of the castle rode unto Sir Galahad, the haute prince. The which was Sir Brunor's son, which was a noble knight, and told him what misadventure his father had, and his mother. End of chapter 26 CHAPTER Twenty Seven. Then came Sir Galahad and the king with the hundred knights with him, and this Sir Galahad proffered to fight with Sir Tristram hand for hand, and so they made them ready to go into battle on horseback with great courage. Then Sir Galahad and Sir Tristram met together so hard that either bare other down, horse and all, to the earth. And then they avoided their horses as noble knights, and dressed their shields, and drew their swords with ire and rancour, and they lashed together many sad strokes, and one while striking, another while foining, tracing and traversing as noble knights. Thus they fought long, near half a day, and either were sore wounded. At the last Sir Tristram waxed light and big, and doubled his strokes, and drove Sir Galahad aback on the one side and on the other, so that he was like to have been slain. With that came the king with the hundred knights, and all that fellowship went fiercely upon Sir Tristram. When Sir Tristram saw them coming upon him, then he wist he might not endure. Then, as a wise knight of war, he said to Sir Galahad, the Hot prince, "'Sir, ye show to me no knighthood, for to suffer all your men to have ado with me all at once, and as meseemeth ye be a noble knight of your hands, it is great shame to you.' "'So God me help,' said Sir Galahad.' "'There is none other way but thou must yield thee to me, "'other else to die,' said Sir Galahad to Sir Tristram. "'I will rather yield me to you than die, "'for that is more for the might of your men than of your hands.' "'And therewithal Sir Tristram took his own sword by the "'and put the pommel in the hand of Sir Galahad. "'Therewithal came the king with the hundred knights, "'and hard began to assail Sir Tristram. "'Let be,' said Sir Galahad, "'be ye not so hardy to touch him, "'for I have given this knight his life.' "'That is your shame,' said the king with the hundred knights. "'Hath he not slain your father and your mother?' "'As for that,' said Sir Galahad, "'I may not white him greatly, "'for my father had him in prison "'and enforced him to do battle with him. "'And my father had such a custom "'that was a shameful custom, "'that what knight came there to ask harbour, "'his lady must needs die, "'but if she were fairer than my mother. "'And if my father overcame that knight,' he must needs die. This was a shameful custom and usage, a knight for his harbour asking to have such harbourage. And for this custom I would never draw about him. So God me help, said the king, this was a shameful custom. Truly, said Sir Galahad, so seemed me, and meseemed it had been great pity that this knight should have been slain, for I dare say he is the noblest man that beareth life, but if it were Sir Launcelot du Lake. Now, fair knight, said Sir Galahad, I require thee, tell me thy name, and of whence thou art, and whither thou wilt. Sir, he said, my name is Sir Tristram de Leonis, and from King Mark of Cornwall I was sent on message unto King Anguish of Ireland, for to fetch his daughter to be his wife, and here she is ready to go with me into Cornwall, and her name is La Belle Soud." And Sir Tristram, said Sir Galahad, the hot prince, well be ye found in these marches, and so ye will promise me to go unto Sir Launcelot du Lake, and accompany with him, ye shall go where ye will, and your fair lady with you. And I shall promise you, never in all my days shall such customs be used in this castle as have been used. Sir, said Sir Tristram, now I let you wit, so God me help, I weened ye had been Sir Launcelot du Lake when I saw you first, and therefore I dread you the more. And, sir, I promise you, said Sir Tristram, as soon as I may, I will see Sir Lancelot and in fellowship me with him, for of all the knights of the world I most desire his fellowship. End of chapter 27 Chapter 28 And then Sir Tristram took his leave when he saw his time, and took the sea. And in the meanwhile word came unto Sir Lancelot, and to Sir Tristram, that Sir Carados, the mighty king that was made like a giant, fought with Sir Gawain, and gave him such strokes that he swooned in his saddle, and after that he took him by the collar, and pulled him out of his saddle, and fast bound him to the saddle-bow, and so rode his way with him toward his castle. And as he rode, by fortune Sir Launcelot met with Sir Carados, and anon he knew Sir Gawain that lay bound after him. "'Ah,' said Sir Launcelot unto Sir Gawain, "'how stands it with you?' "'Never so hard,' said Sir Gawain, "'unless that ye help me. "'For so God me help, without ye rescue me "'I know no knight that may, but other you or Sir Tristram.' "'Wherefore Sir Launcelot was heavy of Sir Gawain's words. "'And then Sir Launcelot bade Sir Carados, "'Lay down that knight and fight with me.' "'Thou art but a fool,' said Sir Carados, for I will serve you in the same wise. As for that, said Sir Launcelot, spare me not, for I warn thee I will not spare thee. And then he bound Sir Gawain hand and foot, and so threw him to the ground. And then he got his spear of his squire, and departed from Sir Launcelot to fetch his course. And so either met with other, and brake their spears to their hands. And then they pulled out swords, and hurtled together on horseback more than an hour. And at the last Sir Launcelot smote Sir Carados such a buffet upon the helm that it pierced his brain pan. So then Sir Launcelot took Sir Carados by the collar, and pulled him under his horse's feet, and then he alighted and pulled off his helm and struck off his head. And then Sir Launcelot unbound Sir Gawain. So this same tale was told to Sir Galahad and to Sir Tristram. Here may ye hear the nobleness that followeth Sir Launcelot. Alas! said Sir Tristram, and I had not this message in hand with this fair lady. Truly I would never stint, or I had found Sir Lancelot. Then Sir Tristram and La Belle Isoud went to the sea, and came into Cornwall, and there all the barons met them. End of Book 8 Chapters 23 through 28